So you're a philosopher? Yes. 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 This is Thoughts and Moments. Hey, hey, it's your boy Silly Thoughts, the Prince of Petty. And I'm Joy, also known as Joy Ride. I provide the moments to make your life better. We're here weekly to provide the latest news, trending topics, and edutainment. We will engage, entertain, and inform, but we keep it real and we keep it fun. So whether you're riding in these streets or podcast surfing with your peeps, this is a show you don't want to miss. Every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on The Real 1100 AM. And guess what? It's 5 p.m. So let's go. Go, go, go. Hey, hey, it is your boy, uh, Silly Thoughts, and you are listening to Thoughts and Moments Radio right here on The Real 1100 AM. If you can feel that I'm not as energetic today as I normally am, it is because of what has been transpiring uh, this past week. And it was supposed to be a holiday weekend, and things were supposed to be opening back up, and people were supposed to be out and enjoying themselves, and and having a great time and and we got hit with with some craziness this yeah. week <laughs> so, yeah, so um you I'm, know if i could interject because um actually me and my friends were just talking about this like how do you how do you express joy how do you show yeah. happiness how do you run a radio show how do you do entertainment when everything around you is on fire you know everything around you is depressing and you know, half the time you want to just say, you know what, I got to I got to keep it pushing. You know, life goes on. But then that feels so disrespectful to yeah. what has happened. You know, so how do you balance that? And so um, we're trying to balance that today. We're trying to give you a moment of joy. You know, we're trying to give you uh, <laughs> some relief, a little chance to uh, escape for a moment. But at the same time, we absolutely um, pray for the families yeah. of everyone who is experiencing the hardest part of this tragedy because they've actually lost a loved one. You know, we see on Facebook people say, I'm sick of the trauma. I'm sick of being terrorized in my own Facebook feed by all of these postings of people dying. But, you know, that's somebody's brother, sister, mother, father, son. And uh, just uh, my, my heart goes out to all of them. It, it absolutely, I echo those sentiments. And, and but the good news is we have uh, a guest uh, that's going to be coming on a little bit later on. Yes, um, uh, Malachi Bailey. He's an mm-hmm. author. Yes. and he's going to talk about kind of being your authentic self. He's also going to talk about how he you know published his book, and and we're going to uh, talk about his book, and we're going to talk about you know, how to be the more authentic you, mm-hmm. um, and his journey to doing that. Um, of course, so we're going to try to keep it upbeat. We're going to do our best to keep it upbeat, but we're also going to give you, this is, you know, real fun radio. That's been our hashtag. And so today's going to be more real than fun. <laughs> so just kind of buckle up, strap, <laughs> strap in, and we're going to we're gonna give it to you. But I think we're going to take it from a different approach because I think, you know, we've had the 48 hours to kind of, you know, digest it all. And so we're going to try to give not only just kind of vent, but we're yeah. going to give you some practical solutions that we, that we need to do, not only as African-Americans, American people going mm-hmm. forward, but as an American uh, you know, culture, society going right. forward. So we're going to do our best to give all aspects of it and not just kind of bang on the police or, you know, 
for lack of better term, white people for this, for this not is, This is not responding. about any particular person. It's not about. Um, it's not even about the police in and of themselves. It's about the system yep. that lets all of this continue to happen. Right. But you know, we're we're going to do some shows around uh, political activism. Oh, we're yeah. going to do some shows about um, healing our society. Uh, but for now, we're going to we're going to talk to we're going to talk about authenticity and being an independent artist. Um, and you know, I, I follow Malachi Bailey on Facebook and on Instagram. Oh, on we got to get the we got to get the trendy topics on. Okay, so <laughs> we'll uh, we'll talk about that in a second. I'm going to say he's authentic. Yeah. On the bands is at The truck of Maserati. The girls that came from finest. I got them on the mile. She rode it like Bugatti. They got my style cut. And that's a trendy topic. Yeah, that's a trendy topic. All right. Well, we are in our trending topic segment of the show. And of course, we always start it while we're in the middle of this pandemic still, even yep. though things have been opening back up. Uh, we do a coronavirus update. So uh, nationwide, we're at just over 1.7 million uh, confirmed cases. And we, you know, unfortunately, we cracked the 100,000, uh, a little over 101,000 deaths uh, nationwide uh, for coronavirus. So while things are opening up and, and rules and restrictions are relaxing, we should not relax. So you right. should still wash your hands. You should still wear masks when you're in public places whenever possible. You should still make sure all of the precautions that you had before. Mm -hmm. Just now, you can go to your restaurant. But if you go into your restaurant, take the precautions. Mm -hmm. Still, I would say still take it home if you can. Um, yeah. Do what you need to do. But let's not, you know, don't go crazy just because things are opening back up. Right. Don't go just for the sake of going. You know. Um, <laughs> right. I, I will say there are people that need to see other people. There are extroverts that gain their energy from vibing with other people. And sometimes, uh, you know, Zoom is just not enough. So if right. you want to go, you know, do one of those little picnics in the parking lot where, you know, you got your cars, <laughs> the trunks all six feet apart, that's fine. You know, go out and do that. Uh, some people's gyms are opening up again. Pools are opening up with, uh, with you know, posted restrictions like only six people in here, wear a mask, bring a towel, sanitize everything, you know. So it's happening slowly but surely. But the slowly is the part that we want to, that you need in order to make sure that the surely is actually happening. You don't want to go too fast. You know? Exactly. So here in Georgia, there's, we're at about 47,000, 45, 47,000 mm -hmm. uh, cases with um, just around 1,700 yeah. um, deaths. And so the and number so, is down. I mean, the deaths have been down. I think The rate is going the, down. The rate yeah. is slowing down. And so that's good news. Um, so, you know, I don't want to be doom and gloom, mm -hmm. all doom and gloom about where we are with this pandemic. Mm -hmm. I also read uh, the other day that there's a pharmaceutical company, Merck, that is starting um, set to begin human trials yeah. on, on a vaccine. And so we're getting closer to being able to put some, wrap our hands around this. Thank God for business and thank God for smart people because we, you know, unfortunately, we haven't been able to look to our leadership to give us good information and to give us good instruction. They have been uh, disoriented, I guess, to eat, that's the best way to describe the way the leadership has been. Mm -hmm. um, and so, therefore, we've been kind of out here fending for ourselves. And each governor has been different. Right. Uh, the states have been different. You know, each governor, each mayor, each, uh, you know, county, city official has to weigh their own uh, <laughs> optimism, skepticism, and the what's in the greater public good. Like, it all right. blends together. Some people are a little more cavalier than others. Uh, Keisha says stay home. I'll stay home. So, like I said before, when, when, when Keisha say go, I'll go. But until then, I'm going to be in my house. Got to be your name, Keisha. <laughs> right. So, um, 
the second thing, and before we get to the big story, but yeah. uh, big trending topic. The second thing was earlier in the week, we had uh, Karen in Central Park. Her name right. is Amy, uh, whatever. Um, but she basically, uh, there was a uh, African-American male that was, uh, he's a birder. I had mm-hmm. I was corrected. It's not called bird watching. Birding. You're called a birder mm-hmm. or you're birding. Mm-hmm. So he was birding there in the park. He comes through the bushes and there is Amy uh, exercising her dog off a leash. Well, the park rules are that if you have a dog in the park, you're supposed to be on the leash. And there is a dog area for you to go and mm-hmm. exercise your dog. She was in another area. Dog was off the leash. They get into some verbal jousting about mm-hmm. it because he asked her to put the dog on a leash. She goes off instead of complying with the rules of the park. Right. They go back forth and then he starts recording for his own safety. Um, and what you see on the video is her approaching him, hand out, uh, making an aggressive physical. Jabbing and, her fingers. Jabbing at him. her finger at him. He tells her, Don't don't come me, don't touch, don't touch me. He's stepping back from her. She says, I'm going to call the police and tell them an African American male is threatening me. Mm-hmm. And, and she stands there threatening him with calling someone to say she's exactly. being threatened. While she's choking her dog. Right. See how that works? <laughs> she choked the life of that dog. So, you know, when that first happened, I'm just going to say, you know, as as a African-American, I was like, why is everybody so worried about the dog? What's going on? And then I saw the video and I watched the entire thing. And I was like, oh, my God. How are you going to call the cops? And say this man is attacking me and my dog when you are attacking your own dog. Right. I saw the dog. <laughs> he was like, <gasps> <gasps> like really? This the is dog had to yelp to get her to let because his feet were off the ground. She right. had him by the collar. Right. Getting choked. I and was he like, had turned around once, which means that was twisting in yes. his neck. He was, was fighting his life too. But so. Um, fast forward. So she did call the police right there on video mm-hmm. and used and the code words. She used the code words. Mm-hmm. African-American male threatening. Right. And then they started so asking scared. her questions. You could tell that the 911 operators mm-hmm. are asking her questions. I don't know. And she just repeats. Mm-hmm. Says, I've got, I'm in the park. I'm in the bramble. I don't know where I'm at. I don't know here. where oh I'm at. Oh, my God. I'm but so scared. He, and then she escalates her voice and gets off the phone. And he says, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so... And that speaks to what we have been saying all along, that people are not ignorant of how the police treat minorities differently. Right. And so, um, and I watched, the, I posted a video, I forget the, the name of it, it's a, it's a white doctor. Oh, I know you're talking about, the little old lady. Yeah, the little I old lady. I love her. I love her. And I can't so, remember her name. And, and basically, she's talking to a room full of white people, and she, she posed the question, if any of you... Knowing how African Americans are treated in this country, if any of you would trade places with an African American, please stand up. Mm -hmm. Nobody stands up. She said, Oh, I don't think you understand the question. Mm -hmm. If you would trade places with an African American in this country, please stand up. And she said, And her point was, So you know how African Americans are being treated. Yeah. And you do nothing about it. And this was 30 years ago. And this was 30 years ago when she did this. Right. And it's still, and it's still true. Chris Rock reiterated it in one of his uh, comedy specials. He was like, wouldn't none of y'all trade places, talking to his audience, which was majority white. He's like, wouldn't none of y'all trade places with me, and I'm rich. And I'm rich, right. And he knew that. And uh, Frank, just uh, just FYI, they did take the dog. <laughs> they took her dog. Yeah. And she lost her job uh, as a result of, of her actions. That was, in, in from our perspective, and I'm saying our as an African-American, especially African-American male, mm-hmm. from our perspective, that is assault. Yeah. And that could result in not only um, 
an undue arrest, an unjust arrest mm -hmm. to a death. Right. As evidenced by what happened in Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, just a couple of days later. Right. Where George Floyd was accused mm -hmm. of fraud of passing a counterfeit, a fake, a counterfeit yeah. $20 bill. Police were called. And the story, this is where the story, because you can't read the police report because it is complete fabrication. It should be in the fiction section, mm -hmm. the way the police report was actually written. But from the video evidence, surveillance of the building right. and from eyewitness accounts and from the video, mm -hmm. the 10-minute long video, um, basically what, what happens, I saw the, the, the surveillance video from the store. He's sitting calmly mm -hmm. next to the building, handcuffed. Mm -hmm. They stand him up. They walked him to the car and around to the car and apparently they were putting him in and then they wanted him they ordered him to get out and then i guess he didn't get out mm -hmm. or something happened in that getting out of the car vehicle and then this officer slams him to the ground while he's still handcuffed and puts his knee on the back of his neck and sits there for nine minutes for nine minutes and then as a result of that uh loss of oxygen um to the brain uh, he passed away in a hospital later on, and then they he tried passed to... away on site. He did, but that's what the story. That's is. what I'm saying. They took him to the that hospital. That is my opinion. Is not the opinion of this radio station. That is me saying that. I saw the way they put him on the on the gurney and and lifted him into the ambulance. Um, there was no CPR performed on site. Um, I will say this. So if you uh, there is a copy of the EMT report mm -hmm. floating around, and the EMT report says they check for a pulse on site. Could not find one. They uh, performed, uh, tried to get a resuscitation, you know, because you could be without a pulse for a moment. Right, right. And they could try to get you back. They tried to resuscitate him on site and were unsuccessful. And they kept trying on the way to the uh, to the hospital, but they never were able to revive him or get a pulse or anything. So they called TOD at the hospital, but they never got a pulse from him after he was picked up off the ground. Right. And you could and you could tell. And so there has been, of course, now what's happened is there's been frustration, um, a marches and marches mm -hmm. somehow when they turn when it goes dark, turns to looting. And so um, we're going to talk about the lady in the wheelchair. I had to see the lady in the wheelchair. Oh, my goodness. OK, so <laughs> a point of levity. In all of this, because I'm in my, I'm, I'm getting into a dark place, and I don't want to be there. So there's this lady. You got to look it up. There's a lady in a wheelchair. Um, of course, everybody's name is Karen, so I don't know if that's her real name or not. <laughs> but she's um, in one of those mobile, like buggy, automated, what do you call it, electric wheelchairs. Mm -hmm. And she apparently has looted a knife from Target. And she is blocking the exit of Target because you know people are looting, so they all running out the emergency exit. Right. She is blocking the exit. Uh, at Target, and she is smooth stabbing people, trying to stab folks from the wheelchair uh, that are trying to leave Target, but she's blocking an emergency exit during uh, a panic situation. She is uh, an obstacle. So people try to move her. She stabs at folks. Uh, she's stabby, just, you know, Karen stabby stab all right. over the place until somebody actually sprays her with a dry powder um, fire extinguisher. Mm -hmm. And moves her out of the way. Oh, um, wow. And then a few minutes later, somebody else is videotaping her. She's like, I was just trying to be a good person. And they beat me and they stole everything from me. And I'm like, you stabbed people. You were stabbing. You okay. were stabbing people. <laughs> so in the in the in the bigger in the in the bigger sense, here's the thing. Here's what I'm going to say. And I've had time that I've had Facebook battles. Um, I've had to lose a couple of friends and I had to set some people straight yep. in the middle of all of this. Here's what I'm going to say. If 
you didn't realize that there was an issue when Trayvon Martin was murdered. And that's been several years now. Yeah. And the first thing that you speak about is the looting and the rioting. What you are doing by talking about that is you're trying to justify the murder of George Floyd. Yeah. And that's really, there's no other way to say it. And you could say that's hyperbolic. We can have a conversation about that. Mm -hmm. But, and I have a specific friend, and if he's watching, he knows what he's talking about. I'm, I'm not going to put his name on blast. That is conservative. And we have mm -hmm. arguments and back and forth about Donald Trump and all this stuff. And he wants to say he's not prejudiced or racist or anything like that. I went through his timeline after all the situation. And he wants to say that he's not all of that. Silence about George Floyd. The, immediately, when something, the looting article was, was posted, that was the first thing that hit my timeline from him. Oh, they have to do this. Mm -hmm. And I said, and so I, I, so he's probably not gonna respond to me. And no, that's fine, no. and that's fine. And I checked his boy that posted on, on his page on that same article as well, and I checked him too. Here's the deal. The situation was caused by the police because in Minneapolis and in Minnesota, African-Americans are 12 times more likely to be murdered by police than, than their white counterparts. George Floyd is representative. He's not a one-off. Uh, the the officer that killed him has been ridden has multiple <laughs> murders on his record he as a, a police officer. Yes. And this is the problem with uh, the the um, ineffectiveness of the consequences for a lot of police, especially when their unions and things getting involved. And I'm not saying that all cops are bad because I know from my own personal experience that um, there are plenty of good policemen out there. A lot of them are street cops. You know, so what power do they really have beyond their beat? beyond their uh, their station, you know, and if they say something, we've seen stories before where black cops band together and try to protest things and they're shut down, they're right. passed over for promotions, they're ousted from their own organizations, uh, they're treated like second-class citizens within that blue wall. Right. So, um, you know, the idea that they're all bad, I don't believe that at all, but the ones that are bad get reassigned. You know, as much as people talk about the Catholic Church and how they just move folks around, mm -hmm. the police forces do that too. Well, the officer that shot Tamir Rice was moved around. Was moved around. The, the lady that shot, um, oh, God. What's the brother that was on the street? Uh, yeah. They got out of his car? They got out of his car. I've and this, this, is a, this is the sad part is that it's happened so often I can't keep the names. I can't keep straight. all the names together. But here's the thing. When you say I'm being hyperbolic and I, and I went and I went when I was saying, I said, look, here's the deal. I take a risk every time I leave my house. Mm -hmm. And they say, oh, you know, you're educated and you live in a nice community and you do that. I said, no, 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 no. Here's the deal. Sandra Bland was a traffic stop. Yeah. Philando Castile was a traffic stop, mm -hmm. leaving his own home. Botham Jean was in his home. Right. Eating ice cream. Um, what's the sister from Kentucky? That Brianna. Brianna. Taylor. Taylor. Was sleep. Was sleep in her home. So don't tell me that I'm being hyperbolic when I say, even in my own home, I'm not safe. Mm -hmm. And you don't understand that. And you say, comply. Or you say, well, why do we have to? And this is the last thing I'm going to say. I'm going to throw mm -hmm. it off to you. And you say, well, why do they have to riot and loot? Well, you got upset at Colin Kaepernick, and all he did was take a knee. 
He was silent and he took a knee and you couldn't take that. So what is it? When you take a knee, you get in trouble mm -hmm. and you and you get pushed back from conservatives, com, from conservatives. And then when you're writing loot, of course, then, then they want to use that as justification mm -hmm. for the murder. And you're like, the ultimate thing is this, and, this, and you're painting yourself into a corner. Mm -hmm. You don't care. You just don't want them to say anything at all. And that exactly. goes back to the idea of, you know, shut up and dribble. You know, this is not your place. This is not the time. And it's never going to be the place. It's never going to be the time. And this, again, we all, we, we all have said this time and time again, this is not, racism is not a black people's problem. Nope. It's, it's a black people's victimization, but it's a white people's problem. Yep. Because they perpetrate all of this. And the just the way uh, uh, Central Park Karen thought, I'm going to call the cops. And she said in her apology, and I use the air quotes with apology, that um, she just always looked at the police as protection. No, she didn't. She looked at the police as enforcement yes. of her will. And she yes. knew that if she called them, they would throw this man to the ground and in, at the very minimum embarrass him. Yep. At the very maximum kill him. And right. to, to act like you don't know that's a possibility is to be very disingenuous. You know, so um, that's my problem with all of it is that it goes so deep. I've, I have worked with women who have told me stories about some of the egregious things that they have done and then looked at me and smiled because they expecting a high five from me like yeah girl tell that muslim what to do and right. i look at them like you did what right how could you be so cal and then they're looking at me then they cry to me mm -hmm. and one of them tried to get me fired backfired on her because she told somebody what she said and they're like oh you should shut up forever you know, um, right. the other one, we just, we agree, agree, we ain't gonna ever talk again. Like, don't speak to me. <laughs> I don't use hate well, but I hate that woman. If I saw her right now, I wouldn't do anything to her. I just wouldn't help her. You know what I'm saying? So here's the thing. When we when we talk about these type of stories and we and we go back and forth on, on social media and we talk about it and they say, and we bring it up and we point out these cases and they say, stop playing the race card. Let me tell you something about that race card. Black people don't own it. Right. We never owned it. We never want to play it. You owned it. I'm, I'm, and we're going to run off some stories and then we're going to take a break and yeah. get to our guests. But remember the uh, Georgia pastor, the yeah. Georgia youth pastor that was secretly meeting his male lover, which is fine. Right. Um, but then said he was kidnapped by two black two men black. because the, they didn't want the them to know. The white woman who drowned her own child and said two drowned black men the autistic stole her child. Car, yeah, and, and kidnapped her kid. She blamed it on a black person. So these are all race cards being played by white people. Mm -hmm. Amy in Central Park, mm -hmm. she played a race card to try to get her will be done. Right. And then, of course, this officer, and, and yes, Franklin, yes, he has multiple murders on his record, and his record floating around. I'll post it. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I don't want to add to the pile on, um, but you saw how many cops, you saw, I don't know if you saw the video, how many cops were outside his house four. protecting him. Yeah. And so, um, but he's got multiple murders because the way he was so callous yeah. and the way he leaned on that man's neck and the way he did not even break emotion That's, when they flopped his body onto that gurney and he walked and they went the and started same, putting the story together. It's the same lack of emotion that you see from the McMichaels when yes. they shot Aubrey dead in the street yes. and walked away from it yes. like they had just taken out the trash. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. This is this is something that I, and I, and I made a, a, a promise to myself. I'm going to stop talking about it amongst just black people. Mm -hmm. And I start, I you know started, what? and I'm, I'm going to go and I've got to give it to, I got to lay it at the feet of the people that own it. You own the race card. You've got to figure it out. And I need you to speak up. Not and you me. know what? I want to give a shout out to a couple of people that I see in our chat room right now. Um, Joe Doyle. Okay. And Lena Heidel. Okay. Cause I've known both of them for 20 plus years, both white people. Mm -hmm. And when I tell you that they are, true allies they really are appreciate y'all 
Yeah. And and there and there's um this good friend of mine from grade school, Car Scott. We were in gifted program together. He has always been an ally. There's people there that are that want to understand. I got into it back and forth with my <laughs> friend Frank Robbins today and then we worked it out. Then we're like, oh yeah, when, they, when these things calm down, let's go take a shot. And I'm like, hell yeah, let's go do it. I'm playing golf this weekend with some white friends. So I'm not this is not about hate. This is about understanding your responsibility in correcting this matter because the police aren't going to change until you make it uncomfortable for them. They have been treating minorities like this for decades, for centuries. That's not going to change until you make them feel uncomfortable for their behavior and hold them accountable because today only the, the, the cop in South Carolina mm-hmm. got jailed yeah. for for sh- shooting uh, Tim Scott I think that was his yeah. name um and then the Amber Geiger yeah got uh sentenced to prison sentenced to prison for mm-hmm. killing both of Jean those are the only two I could think of off the top of my head right out of the hundreds out of the but hundreds. you know there's one other thing that I want to mention about being an ally and and speaking up is I know that I can count on like Lena and Joe they're going to post these stories on their page they're going to say this is atrocious this is terrible um we need to do something about this and they're reaching an audience that i can't reach you know i know that i had um uh julie manny's as well another friend of mine Mm -hmm. um she goes so hard in the paint with some of her friends that are trump supporters that sometimes i email her like i dm her like julie i don't know why you're doing this to yourself but um she makes sure that that point of view is blasted into a white environment that I don't have access to. Yes. Because they're going to yes. block me. They're not my friend. They're not going to listen to me. I'm being, like you said, hyperbolic, overdramatic. Right. But when it comes from Julie or Joe or Lena, people at least stop and notice. Or if even if they scroll past it, at least it's in the feed of people that I don't have access to. Exactly. So I get two more shout outs. Amber Higginbotham's, you've, you've been down from day one. Uh, and Keith Stevenson, my man, both of them went to high school with all of them. And y'all mm-hmm. have been great allies and advocates for this whole situation. So uh, I could go on. There's a few names that pop in my head, mm-hmm. but I don't want to bog this down. And we're over our time anyway. <laughs> and I'm sure our guest is online. And Malachi, we want to talk to Malachi. So, right. so we're going to take a quick break. Stay tuned. Uh, and when we come back, we're going to talk to our special guest, uh, Malachi, about mm-hmm. his book and everything he's got going on. <sighs> yes. Deep breath. Serenity now. Take us a break, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to WWWE Real 1100 AM, and we want you to practice good hygiene by simply washing your hands. So enjoy 20 seconds of blinding lights by the weekend as you practice safe habits. I'm running out of time, cause I can see the sun light up the sky, so I hit the road and overdrive, baby. All done. Remember to stay connected to the real and stay really safe. Here we go, here, here we go again. Trayvon will never get to be an older man. Black children, they childhood stole from them. Robbed of our names and our language. Stole again. Who stole the soul from black folk? Same man that stole the lamp for cheap black smoke. And we are back. back. Yes. And I had to let comment. I had to let that breathe. I got to use my <laughs> 
My man, T. Dice had to let that breeze for a minute. Fam, you and uh, Common, uh, check that out. Is he windmilling? You know Common is somewhere doing windmills right now. <laughs> Every time I see Common on TV, he breaks out in breakdance. And I love to see it. I never get tired of it, but I know that he's windmilling in isolation. He's older than me. What's he yeah. out there? He go windmill up. Back break. <laughs> he, he looks good, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he was a year ahead of me at Fam. And mm-hmm. uh, I remember seeing him. We were in the same uh, major. And so okay. uh, I remember seeing him. It was right, right before he... Uh, he, he popped up in the source, mm-hmm. and he said, uh, and Biggie and, them, Biggie and them had come to, to Tallahassee. Nobody knew who they were, but Common did, and they did a concert, and he got in the source. It's unsigned hype, and then a month later, he was gone, and now he's coming. <laughs> he was Rashid back then, but that's a, that's a whole other story. Common Sense at one point. He it was Common Sense. His first album was mm-hmm. Common Sense, and mm-hmm. then they dropped the sense and just made it common, so right. it's Shout all good. That's a little behind-the-scenes story. You know, we got folks like mm-hmm. that, but we're going to get to our guests. Yes, so... Um, <laughs> In a moment, we're going to bring on Malachi Bailey. So now the rest of today's discussion is about independent artists being authentic. And uh, I know there's a lot of people, you know, we talked about side hustles a couple weeks ago. We talked about new sources of income. And there are a lot of people that have a creative spirit and they don't know what to do with it. And they don't know how to solidify it into something. And so um, I followed Malachi Bailey for a couple of years now, if not more. Mm. And he's hilarious. Okay, great. Um, We need some we need some laughter today. Super authentic. (laughs) And um, he wrote a book. And um, there's a little backstory on that. When he was trying to get it re-released and get it republished, he did a quick, like, GoFundMe. And I was like, you know what? I like this little boy. Let me go ahead and shoot him a little, little money, see what happens. And um, we became fast friends after that. Uh, as far as you can be over somebody you never met on Facebook. And <laughs> You um, give me some money, I'm going to be your friend. <laughs> right? <laughs> and um, he, when he finished the book and new artwork and retooled the story, and he sent me my personal own signed and autographed story, uh, copy of the book along with like a note in the back. And I was like, oh, my God. When he, goes, when he gets real big, I'm going to auction that for like several thousand dollars. But for now, it's at my house. But um, above and beyond that, I read the book, and I am very picky when it comes mm-hmm. to the, the fiction authors that I read. And when I tell you I read this book in a day and a half, it was really good. And so I'm excited to have uh, Malachi on. So uh, Malachi. Are Malachi. You Can you guys hear me? Yes. We got you. Hello. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. How are you? I am amused. Joe keeps me laughing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. I, you know, we need a little laughter these days. Yeah. I, I promise you that. I we promise do. you that. So, uh, Malachi, if you will, give us a little background on you. Who is Malachi Bailey? Who is Malachi Bailey? That's the question that I, I seem to ask myself when I look in the mirror. Mm-hmm. But um, for the most part, uh, Malachi Bailey is a 36-year-old New Yorker, uh, born and raised. But um, I currently live in Virginia, not too far from D.C. I am a unabashed unapologetic, a blur, a mm-hmm. comic book fanatic. You know, I love reading books. I love writing books. Mm-hmm. And um, I love to laugh. I have a very um, <laughs> unique sense of humor. <laughs> well, you fit right in with us. <laughs> I would say, if you, if you get the chance, either follow Mal underscore the underscore writer on Instagram or follow Malachi Bailey on Facebook because he will have you dying laughing. Um his uh, his one-liners, his memes, uh, his love of uh, all things Storm. It, it, it keeps me going sometimes. Oh, I'm glad that I could provide that enjoyment for you. So, um, and I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just, I, I got okay. excited. But so, um, like I said, I do follow you. And you, you seem to have uh, 
not an obsession, but more so an identity with uh, the Marvel Comics character Storm. So can you tell us a little bit, how did that start? So basically, first and foremost, Storm is life. So let me put it out there. Um, Storm, so when I was a kid and my my fascination with comic books started to come to fruition, my, my dad was actually very much into comic books. So that was a passion that he passed on to me. So, you know, between like, you know, five and maybe eight years old, of course, you love Batman and Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're doing your little, you know, um, acrobats, you know, in, in your bedroom and you got the pajamas on. But then, um, and let's say I still do that, but Another when, um, so when I, when, <laughs> so when the ex- <laughs> are you sharing something or are you going too deep into it? <laughs> do we need to censor that right now? <laughs> yeah, I thought the the pajama issue. No, but go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> so, um, so when the X Men cartoon came out in 1992. Yeah, I remember that. And you know, for me, you know, I wasn't familiar with them. I was only nine, and you know, they seem really cool. You know, of course, everyone was drawn to Wolverine because he's this Canadian runt. You know, with these mm-hmm. pig stickers, and and then you know, right beside him was this six-one Harlem-born, African-raised. Goddess, you know she had the big right. hair. You know she had the shoulder pads. You know she had the stiletto boots, and she had the you know the pupilless eyes. And I'm like, oh, she's pretty, and she's she's powerful, and she's strong. So I fell in love with her. You know, you know, and I have always been you know in love with this character because Storm she represents um, fluid fluidity. You know, she's mm-hmm. always about change. Mm-hmm. You know, she had the, the, the punk mohawk in the 80s. Then right. she had, she was bald for a bit. People yeah. may forget about that, you know. But she was always about change. She was always, you know, ever-changing like the weather. And you can apply that to, to one's life. You know, we don't remain the same, you know, throughout our years, you know, on this earth. You know, we're always changing. We're always forced to be, you know, to, um, to change. Sure. So I think... Maybe there's something I picked up on when I was younger, you know, something to identify with. And and over time, you know, after, after reading her stories and being inspired, being inspired to write my own, you know, she was always that, that linchpin. You know, she was always like that, you know, that, uh, that whisper, so to speak, you know, that breeze. So I've always been um, about Storm, but I just love my character, her, more. Yeah. Right. Speaking of, um, I wanted to, I wanted to jump right into that. So you said you know it inspired this journey with you, of you with Storm inspired inspired you to write your own stories. So you were already writing your own stories, and so um, you published her late mm-hmm. last year. It was, a, it was a second edition. Is that right? Yes and no. Okay. So I first released her back in 2016. Okay. So that was actually maybe about a year or so before you and I, you know, we met. Yeah. And. Um, when I was presented with the opportunity to, to write a book and have it released, you know, of course, I was all gung-ho about it, and I'm excited, and you know, I want to get the story written, and I want it out there. So initially, I was going to publish it through a small like uh, publishing house mm-hmm. that was up and coming. And you know how they tell you what your gut instinct, you know, you, you have to listen to... Um, yeah. to yourself yeah and i and i didn't do that i was i was fully um 
prepared to have this vision altered. And when I released the book, you know, initially it was with a cover that I wasn't crazy about mm-hmm. and the editing was was not up to my standard. And they tell you, please, they say, don't read your own book. Don't read your own book. I did. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to, you know, dig a hole and jump in there and not resurface. Mm-hmm. So for, for a couple of months when I had the book out, you know, I was... I didn't, I didn't feel the passion for it. So if you don't believe in your vision, how do you expect other people to, to do it for you? That's right. True. How do you expect them to come for you when, you know, you're not even present? So after, you know, much, you know, thought and debate and, you know, counsel for my loved ones, you know, it was decided, you know, take down the book, you know, go from Amazon, just do it your own way. Self-publish the book. So, but before I got to that point, when I was with that company, you know, my mentor who was actually one of the partners. She came to me one day and she was like, listen, um, my other partners, they don't know how to market her. So I'm like, so why would you tell me this a month before I have to release the book? Yeah. So I had that added pressure. So that went into me not wanting to keep it on the shelves the way that it was. Mm-hmm. So when I met Joy and, you know, and I was ready to to re-release the book or at least start the groundwork for it. You know, I, I didn't know where to start, but I knew I needed money. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I knew that I needed to, you know, build a network that was going to be conducive for me. So I did an Indiegogo uh, Kickstarter-esque uh, campaign. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it was probably about three years ago now. It has yeah, to be about so, three years ago. Yeah, it's funny. I didn't remember what it was. I was like, let's go find me something. I know he asked me for some money. And I was like, yeah, do it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's funny because... When, when I when I put in that post in the group, I, I never forget. You know, um, he was probably the first person actually. He was like, "Listen, I got my income tax refund. Here's a hundred dollars." I was like, "Yeah, your money." <laughs> That's what I had at the corporate job. <laughs> and you know something though, um, uh, Franklin in our in our chat room says most people are afraid to be themselves mm-hmm. because of the consequences it takes to be yourself. Mm. Very true. Point. The fear of rejection, um, the fear that people understand you, or will out and out hate you. Right. And uh, you're, if you are your authentic self, that's your identity. There's nothing after that. And so, if you put that's your true. vulnerable, real self out there, well, think about being an African American in corporate America. Mm. Can you bring your full African American self to to your job? to your corporate job because you feel like that's going to be so rejected that you will lose that job. And so you give a watered down version, Mm -hmm. a more docile, tame version of who you are. Mm -hmm. So therefore, and then the better you can do that, then, you know, unless you're in a a situation where it's based on just your performance, but you got to conform a little bit to, to get along. You got to go along to get along. And then think about how many artists that we've heard of that when they first come out, think about even pink, who uh, is not African-American, but we absolutely embraced her when she came out on The Face, I think it was, right. her very first album. That was not her music, uh, but they wanted her voice out there, and we gave her like you know that groundswell following. Right. And then she turned rocker, and people were like, oh, she turned rocker. And I was like, she always was. <laughs> she couldn't be herself exactly. when, she was, when she first launched. You know, you think about uh, Bruno Mars, like his first album, I didn't, I didn't know it existed. 
because I didn't start listening until he started sounding more like Morris Day in the time. I was like, I know that. <laughs> you know, um, but like when you're talking about your book, Malachi, how the first time it was published, you didn't like the artwork very much. The right. editing wasn't up to your standards. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe you weren't sure if you, it was even your place to say something about it. They didn't really give you a lot of notice. And so um, you started trying to publish yourself. And so tell me about Mother One Productions. Yes, yeah, so um, I was raised in a, a single um, mother's household, mm-hmm. um, myself, you know, my twin sister, and my younger brother. And, you know, our mother, she was a force of nature. Um, <laughs> I used to call her She-Hulk sometimes because <laughs> <laughs> when she got mad, you know, you see the eye will start twitching, you know, that nerve, you know, in the eye. Mm. And you would get scared, but, you know, it was usually something that we, you know, that we did. You know, we broke some dishes or, you know, we were just, you know, ripping and running. We earned it. <laughs> so my mom, she um, she was always uh, very supportive of me being a writer. And when I was younger, when I started doing my little short stories, you know, I was about maybe 12 or 13, and he got me this word processor. So you couldn't tell me anything. Mm. So I would do my little stories, and I would run into her room like, like someone was chasing me and she could be on the phone talking to somebody or she could be like doing a crossword puzzle or watching her, you know, general hospital or whatever. And <laughs> you don't mess up nobody's story. You don't mess up black woman. With, <laughs> when she with watching her story. <laughs> you know, and so she would, you know, do so like mundane and, you know, she would see my excitement. And so that would, you know, kindle hers. And she would stop what she was doing. She would pause the TV or, you know, we couldn't pause the TV, but you could turn it down or she would hang up on whoever was on the phone. And she's like, tell me the chapter. And I would read it to her. And, you know, parents, they can't fake their their um, their love or their enthusiasm for their children. And, and I would see, like, her eyes light up. And that would get me, like, even more excited. And she told me from an early age, she said, Malachi, you're going to be a writer I don't know about me, whatever. She know. So you're going to be a writer. I'm going to be the first person in line, you know, to get my book autographed. And so I was like, okay, mommy, whatever, whatever. So I would still write here and there, but, you know, I got sucked into you know, corporate America, a.k.a. customer call centers. And I wasn't, I wasn't doing what I wanted. I was just paying the bills. So one of the nicknames that I had for my mom was Mother One. And... If you guys are familiar with Image Comics, they released a book, I want to say in the early to mid-90s, called uh, Wetworks. And one of the characters, her name was Mother One. And I thought it was, it was so cool sounding. Mm-hmm. So um, so I gave that nickname to my mom. And so when she would give me, like, you know, birthday cards or whatever, she would sign it, Mommy, a.k.a. Mother One. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, she passed about 12 years ago. Oh. And... I decided that, you know, I, I got to find a way to honor mommy. And when I was presented with the opportunity to start my own company, now that I've decided to self-publish, I decided to call it Mother One Publications. Okay. Well, that's, that's great. That, Thank so, you. So let's let's take one quick break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to continue with Malachi, yes. and we're going to ask you more about your book. We're going to ask you more about your career mm-hmm. and about what it takes to be authentic in 2020, especially with all this turmoil going on. So when we come back from the break, we're going to have more with Malachi Bailey, author, comic book lover, 
uh, superhero pajama wear. Right, storm stunt. <laughs> <laughs> All of that. We'll see y'all in a minute. You're listening to Thoughts and Moments right here on The Real 1100 AM. Have you been looking for a radio station that gives you sports? I don't believe it. Oh, it's a touchdown. Entertainment. Are you not entertained? And other special interest talk shows. Well, isn't that special? All on one app. Yo, that's dope. What app is that? It's the real 1100 AM app for WWE. Grab it for free in your Google Play or Apple App Store today. And we are back, and you're listening to Thoughts and Moments right here on the Real 1100 AM. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for the song to kick in. I was like, it was a lot of intro. Lot of intro. <laughs> <laughs> I was Come. like, can we get to the break, please? <laughs> My bad. I'm, I'm your boy, Sally Thoughts, and I am sitting across from the lovely Joy Ride. And we were, before the break, we were talking to Malachi Bailey. He is an author, he is basically a self made man. He, mm-hmm. uh, put, uh, from just a recap, he published his first book. He, he went through another publisher, didn't like the way they edited his book. which Took it into his own hands. Which is news to me, Malachi, because, you know, I fancy myself a writer. I had a blog for for several years, and I've been writing in this kind of break, this COVID break. I've mm-hmm. uh, been mm-hmm. starting to write a book and trying to, you know, compile all my stuff. I just assumed that when you published a book through somebody, that they published it as you wrote it. No. Oh no! They gotta they gotta <laughs> take a red pen and get that scalpel and start cutting and slicing away. Trim the fat. Well, I'm coming to Mother One. <laughs> I published it through other words. Forget all that. Right. Uh, think about movies and stuff. Like when you end up with like a director's cut, yeah. Now it ended up in the theater. They do the same thing to books. Wow! Yeah. I just learned yes, that. I, I really did not think that. I thought they just published it as it was. They gave some hints and, and tips. It's but more than just spelling and grammar. Oh, no. no, they'll cut out whole sections, and sometimes it can make the book not flow right. You know. Oh wow. Okay. And sometimes they can remove characters that you have like personal attachment to and they were like no don't put them in the book oh okay (laughs) bye right and i love that i love what you just said oh okay bye you know i will take my my book and go and um so so uh talk to me about her now i've read it but give a synopsis of uh you know the the story or give a a teaser if you will to our audience so they know what they're missing sure thing so her can be uh, categorized as urban fantasy or black speculative fiction, hmm. which is the newer term they're using now. <laughs> and I, I really wouldn't consider her, the character, a superhero just yet, hmm. which I'll get into later. But she's more of a paranormal entity who happens to be a woman. Okay. And she's a woman who is immortal. You know, it was rumored that she was the first woman ever. That has not been proven as of yet. Mm-hmm. But the story starts off with her. I don't want to, I don't really want to spoil it, but the story starts off with her in, in dire straits. Mm-hmm. And her power is always linked to her identity because in her previous lives, you know, she has a different skill set, maybe a different ethnicity, right. but she always has a message that she has to bring throughout the ages. So, when the book starts off, you know, she is um, in dire straits, and she's rescued by this man. 
she doesn't know who she is and she's terrified and to make matters worse you know there's these threats to the coming out they're coming out of nowhere and they want they want her dead permanently mm-hmm. so the story is about self-identity redemption is about coming to terms with your past so you could be so you could prepare for your future mm-hmm. so and of course, you know, with me being a comic book, you know, fanatic, you know, I throw my own little twist, you know, plot twist, and mm-hmm. you know, I have my own characters who are, who are phenomenal. I'm just, oh, I'll yeah. just put it out there. Yeah, there's definitely but, some um, action moments in it too, you know. Yeah, you know, like I try to make it. Um, I try to balance it. You know, I want it to be an emotional read. I want it to be an uplifting read. Mm-hmm. I want it to be a fun read. Yeah. And what I was noticing from people who were getting back to me. As you know, when I even when I released the book four years ago, they said it it reads like a movie. It, it flows like a movie, and I'm like, "Do you really see it that way?" And it was like, "Yeah," because you know the way that you keep the pace going, you know, it doesn't give you enough time to catch your breath because everything is that intense, everything is that profound. And I'm glad. I mean, it, I, I would love to have my book compared to a movie, which I really <laughs> want to do eventually. Well, there's a lot of people out here. There's a lot of independent filmmakers that would mm-hmm. love to have a good, a good script, a good base project mm-hmm. to to do. Right, to, come on, uh, come on down to Atlanta. You know, oh, you know, Atlanta. Maybe after studios. this virus, this you put a bad wig on your <laughs> main characters. You know. <laughs> I would love that eventually, but you know, I, I have I have this plan. I just it's a matter of me, you know, getting all the steps, you know, properly aligned and. Yeah, you know, no. I love that you said that because we talked about you know uh, alternative sources of income. We talked about you know gigs and hustles and um, entrepreneurship. And one of the things mm-hmm. I stressed to our audience a couple years, a couple weeks ago, was you have to have a plan. It has to be more yeah. than just a good product, more than an idea. What are you going to do with it, and where do you see it going? And um, I love that you said that. You know, I have a plan, and I'm working my plan. You yep, know, yep. and I, I, something else you said earlier that really struck me is when you said her identity is linked to her power. And I mm-hmm. think about you know that was a the main theme even of the movie Black Panther. Tell them who you are. You yes. Know? And uh, I love that idea. It gives me goosebumps. You know, to think about <laughs> it. Yeah, I got my I got my shirt on today that I my shirt says if you're not watching us if you're listening on radio it says our history began well before slavery exactly and so that's the story um those are the type of stories that we need to tell um, and share and talk about and you know and i'll say this to to you malachi i love that you went this route with your with your writing and that i'm i'm getting tired in of hearing and seeing an african-american being treated as a monolith mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. you could love comic books i love the fact that you stand after you open your this interview up with i love comic books unapologetic blur. you know and, yeah. and, and and you love storm and it was like be that and mm-hmm. we've got to allow you to be that and, and it's not up for society to say well you are a black man so you mm-hmm. should be doing this 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 and this which they try to do yeah. they try to put yes, you in these, these boxes and the fact that you just said, you know what, forget the box. I'm stepping outside this box and I'm going to be who I am. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. And I'm going to encourage you to continue to do that. Right. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, uh, one other thing I want to ask you is how have, um, how long did it take you to go from, well, I mean, I, I know that since you started raising money to publish yourself, 
uh, that you um, it took about two and a half, three years. But how long did it take you to, to like write that book, solidify it, and then get it to a publisher? Because that's probably going to be the route that most of our um, listening audience would take. Well, for me, um, I, I'm a prolific writer. I've been writing now for the best part of 20 years. Mm. So it's like the second nature for me. Mm-hmm. And for me, when I wrote the book, you're not going to believe me, but I finished the book in two months. Really? Yep. Mm. Now that's a talent. But, that's a gift. Thank you. But but there are other people, you know, it may take them longer. You, you got to move at your own pace. <laughs> and, and you can't. I mean, you I'm can't, waving I can't, my hand. I'm like, I, it's taking me way longer. <laughs> but that's fine because it's your journey. You know, mm-hmm. you know who am I to tell you? That, okay, you got to have this book finished by this date. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know what you're dealing with internally, emotionally. Um, I don't know. You know what your uh, what your factors are, right. but for me, when I decided to write the book, you know, I I spent a small f- fortune at um, Barnes and Noble. I got all the writer reference books, and you know, I wanted to make sure that I was p- paying attention to plot development and the dialogue, and you know, is is there enough conflict in the story? Is there resolution? You know, do they sound believable? Mm-hmm. You know, would you want to read my book? I love that, you know, because, again, that's part of having a plan is you did your research. You learned how to shape it in the, you know, the framework of uh, a novel that is going to be readable. Because uh, we talked we talked with a teacher, a homeschooler, uh, uh, the color teacher on Instagram. Uh, mm-hmm. Her name is Athena. And she talked about all the book, books that are being published right now that say they're for black children and they are straight up trash. Because they're not well written, the sentence structure is horrible, and you know, just because you're a glamorous superstar in Hollywood doesn't mean you know how to write a book, you know. So, um, you know, we may we may have potentially bashed a couple people that are famous, but still, um, you know, the idea that you need to practice your craft, you know, Prince yes. been on stage doing scales with his guitar, <laughs> you know, he had ten thousand hours in before he wrote his first album, yes. you know, so. Yeah, I love that you took the time to really learn how to do that. I don't know if Prince is the best example. Like, Prince, he's Prince kind of like a genius. Like. We'll accept that. <laughs> but but, I, but I, you know, another thing I actually wanted to um, bring attention to, mm-hmm. you know, I'm still I'm still growing. I'm yes. still evolving, and so is his character. You know, like Joy Joy knows that I already I've already written the, the sequel to this. Yes, tell wow. us you about know. the sequel. Um, the sequel. Um, I, I wrote it, actually I wrote the sequel in a month, early this year, and and I was going to re- originally have it published roughly by the summer, but I was given a different opportunity mm. to release the, her comic book, you know, by my uh, business partner, Brian J. Lambert, oh. of Wingless Entertainment, so for the last couple months I've been working on her comic book look and you know, working on the script for her first story and getting ready for the Kickstarter we're doing for our new combo company, okay. Wingless Comics. So, Wait, what's it called? You know, we're still growing. Oh, it's called Wingless Comics. Wingless Comics. Wingless, like, you know, bird flight. Oh, Wingless. Wingless Comics. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. You know, um, you can't, I don't know if you can see me here in the studio if you're watching online, but um, I tried to do my hair today. Like I'm character. looking at you. Yes, this is my her. <laughs> hey, I see you right here. You know, I, be I love it. Voluminous. <laughs> that was your. That's your her do. This is my her hair. 
<laughs> That's it. So uh, we're, we're we're coming up close on our time. So uh, Malachi, I know we it's it's Mal M A L underscore the underscore writer on Instagram. How can they get the book? How can they get in contact with you? Um, give us all your particulars. Okay. So if they want to uh, purchase a copy of her, of course they do. Mm-hmm. Um, you can either go to Amazon.com, just plug in my name and the book title. Or if you wanted to see more of my work, even different articles that I've written for other, um, you know, websites, mm-hmm. I do have a website called motheronepublications.com. Okay. I'm going to put that in our chat room. Yeah, we're going to put that in there. So motheronepublications.com and then amazon.com, put in his name mm-hmm. and, and put her. find or, or put in her. You know, mm-hmm. look in the book section now. Don't just be right. randomly putting in her. Because you, you, you don't know what's going to pop up. So make sure you go to the book section <laughs> and look under titles. Right. Her. Yes. And um, if you've seen some of the flyers we put out recently, you see the artwork on the front. I think it lends itself very well to a graphic novel. So I'm looking forward to seeing that from you, too. Let me know. You know, I still still got a little money in, in, in my shirt for you. you know, and I'm <laughs> appreciate you, Joy. I, you know, I want your money. I do. <laughs> she got that breast money. You know, right. <laughs> she got her money. <laughs> well, Malachi, it's been a pleasure. You have brought Likewise. some uh, much-needed much joy yeah. and mm-hmm. and a great release for all the tension that's been in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would Glad. encourage everybody that's listening, get his book, Take an Escape, for just a brief moment every night mm-hmm. as you're decompressing, read this book. Don't read it in a day and a half like Joy. Give yourself some time. I will say it is great escapism. You you are transported yes. to another world. It's on earth, but it's it's not your earth. You and so just reading it and experiencing what she experiences and all the things that happen and all of the places that they go, um, it is great. Especially because you can't get away from uh, what's happening now on Instagram or Facebook or the news or TV. But books will always take you somewhere else. That's why I love to read. And uh, I I recommend, me personally, Joy, the avid reader, been reading since I was two. I recommend Her by Malachi Bailey. There it is. There it is. Thank you so much, Malachi, for joining us. Thank you, guys. We'll we'll have you back on. Yeah, when when the graphic novel's out, we're going to have you back. We'll have you back on. I have my people contact your people. (laughs) (laughs) Do that. So we got, before we wrap up, we've got a quick announcement for this weekend. Yes. Yes. So we're going to be doing a little extra something this weekend. We are having our first uh, trivia night on Saturday. I told you a couple weeks ago we had our first sponsor. I'm wearing her jewelry right now. It was Kiana Claiborne. For the uh, the folks in the back. Jewelry. Yeah. Kiana Claiborne (laughs) from Paparazzi uh, blessed me with this set. And what we're doing this weekend is we're doing uh, trivia afternoon, if you will. Yes. 6 p.m. on Saturday. That's 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific. And uh, we'll be doing three rounds of trivia. We're going to give away a prize every round and yep. then a grand prize at the end. So if you want to get you some jewelry for him or her, um, or at least even just see what else is offered, if you just bored and want something to do, come play trivia with us uh, Saturday at 6 p.m. And we will On be... Thoughts and Moments, you got to yes, go to the show page. Thoughts and Moments Radio, and then thoughts you'll see the radio. invitation, you see the group. Because we're going to be posting, and the first person to answer wins. That's how we're going to be doing it, all right? So, and, fellas, you could give it to your wife and say, like, baby, look what I got you. Right. <laughs> Give it to her and then when you and give it to her and hold it. And then when you realize you forgot something or when you really mess up, just pull it out the drawer. That's Bust that out. 
Mm-hmm. Bow, got this for you. Right. Okay, so guys, stay safe, and I mean that in a physical sense, and a all around, sense. and a mental sense. Thank you, Dr. Erica, for reaching out to me last night to make sure I was okay, because yes. you probably knew I was going through it mm-hmm. with everything that's been going on, because people send me stuff. Like, yeah. I'm sure they send you stuff, too, and I get it all. I've seen the video mm-hmm. too many times. So stay safe mentally, right. physically, spiritually, and we will see y'all next week. Take care.